Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts, Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And together, we are going to bring you a little update on our week. Jen, how are you? I am well. Um, oh, first we should say that we have Marlo Thomas on the show later today, which is a yes. big deal for us. It was like a totally cool thing to talk to such a hero for me anyway. I was like, whoa, free to be you and me. I cannot get over this. No, and that girl, too. Like, I think Donald, her boyfriend on that girl, was one of my early, early, early crushes. And a goddamn icon. And let me say this. She is 83 years old, fast, productive, gorgeous, by the yeah. way. Like, I looked at her and I was like, whoa, that is a very beautiful woman. Um, and just amazing. And the voice, the iconic voice is amazing. So just, I want to say before we get into our check-in, um, there are some glitches in this episode. We had some audio, a little bit of audio issues, uh, with, with Marlo's recording. So there will be some glitches, but hopefully it's worth it because she's just dropping so much, so many wisdom bombs as the the kids say, that's not what they say. (laughs) So as Jennifer Romolini once said to me, like us anyway even though we have glitches this week. <laughs> That's it, like us anyway. Um, all right, so updates for me. So I was gonna tell you, I was gonna ask you if you've noticed a thing happening to you, which happened to me Saturday, um, but is a thing that's happening to me more often, mostly when I'm traveling, but sometimes when I'm just alone in the world. I get hit on actively by men 75 plus. <laughs> <laughs> Because men, goddamn, do men think so much of themselves. I think because I'm almost 50, I am like a prime candidate for like some 75-year-old dude's like third wife. Like I think that like, and it's just been happening to me more and more where they're like, oh yeah, of course. That, and it happened to me Saturday. I dropped my kid off at art class and I'm in Pasadena and I'm just like getting an iced tea someplace and 
this guy just is like he's he's not in a walker okay so <laughs> but he is in those like corrective shoes <laughs> i'm not kidding no, this is mean for us to be laughing about i'm not this, no i'm sorry is, okay I, I we won't laugh i'm sorry he <laughs> no, isn't okay. he is okay he is in the corrective shoes. Someday I might be in the corrective shoes, but I hope that I'm not hitting on a 50-year-old man when I am, or maybe I should be. God love him. I don't know. But he really came on to me in a, an aggressive way, in a way I have not been come on to in years, like sidled up to me. How are you doing today? And it was not, it was like a hitting on me thing. And then um, he didn't ask for my number, but I think that if I had offered it, he would have taken it. You know, Romelini, I never get hit on by 75-year-old men. It's just owed to your superior foxiness that you're being hit on by 75-year-old men. Okay, look. And then on my way back to the art class, I walked past like a burger joint in Pasadena that had all like young, like 22 year old men. And no, but I mean, I could have been, I could have been a pile of dust. It didn't like, there was no recognition of me at all. So I was just, and I put it on Instagram and a lot of women were like, oh my God, that's been happening to me too. A lot of women our age. So I was wondering if it was a thing for you as well, because it's a, it's a new fun part of me being a middle-aged woman is that, that much older men consider me, you know, in their like I, I, you know, they could. I'm, I'm a woman. I'm a. I, I could be theirs. You could be theirs. You, you, you're, you're like your. You, other women your age would be happy to do that. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I guess some other women would be happy to do that. Not me, but yes. Um, so that's a thing that happened to me this week. How are you doing? Well, I am excellent today because I have been living up until this morning with no air conditioning. Because I moved into this place in December. I'm not a planner. I didn't think about the fact that it would eventually get hot. You know, I was just like, I'll take care of it. I'll kick it down the field. And then it started getting hot. Then Home Depot, who I will never do business with again, like totally screwed up my order, which I ended up canceling. Um, But Lowe's came through for me. Neither, they're not (laughs) advertisers either. I realize this sounds like such an ad. (laughs) But anyway, and then then this guy came, very nice man came today and installed them both. And I feel like a new fucking person. Like I was just barely getting by in this apartment, in the heat. Y'all, I'm going to say this is a bad summer. This is not looking good for planet Earth. It is. Do you see what's happening in Portland? Like the streets are buckling. Massachusetts is going to be in the hundreds next week. I mean, we're in June. No, we're in June. It's terrifying. Well, we're almost in July. And when this comes out next week, it will be in July. But... I, it's terrifying to me. And then, you know, of course, LA, there's just a season called fire season, which nobody told me about when I moved out here, that it would be like, no, no real seasons except fire. Like, <laughs> that's <just> fine. <laughs> and I am like, every day I'm like, oh God, it's going to come. It's going to, it's going to be so hot. It's going to, it's going to be so hot in here. I can't believe, and I'm just stealing myself for fire season, but it looks like it's fire season all over the country right now. It's it's upsetting. a little terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. And I, I, I mean, God knows what August will be like. I know, I know. Well, we'll see. We'll be doing this. And also my hot flashes is just like great, fantastic. Um, Oh, I have a recommendation. Um, Sinead O'Connor, I've been also, the thing I've been doing is Sinead O'Connor has a new memoir out and I've been listening to it 
on, um, you know, audiobook, and it is, I haven't gotten, I, I've been warned that it gets, there's something weird, very weird happens, or somebody gave me like a, you just wait warning, mm-hmm. but I'm about 50, 100 pages in listening, and and she records it, so it's really beautiful to hear like her older voice, and and she had a really hard life, but it's written really beautifully, and I, I really, really am enjoying it, and I also just love looking at history differently. Like I love the way we've been putting things through a new lens, like, you know, from like Monica Lewinsky to Lorena Bobbitt, like even Britney Spears, how you're just starting to see like how much the patriarchy and misogyny had to do with the way we filtered information, the way we thought about women. Um, and Sinead O'Connor is, has a really interesting story. You know, the interest one interesting thing about her is that she was canceled before canceling was a thing. That is true. When that she is when true. she tore up that picture of the Pope, these were different days. Like there were fewer like popular cultural bits of news in the news cycle. So something like that, which today would maybe be a three day thing, four day thing in the news, was if a thing that. for weeks, yeah, weeks. No. And she I know really. It. Yeah, and she really couldn't come angry. back. Yeah, no, she couldn't come back from it. It ruined her career. I mean, to her, she she will say it did not ruin her career because she hated what they were trying to turn her into. She hated, that's why she shaved her head. She didn't want to be this, like, you know, pretty pop star. She wanted, it was, it was all about the joy of the music for her and the work and how much she, you know, how much she loved it and not all the bullshit ancillary stuff of what we turn famous people into or talented people into when we make them famous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, she says that that was the best thing that ever happened to her. Um, but she wrote apparently that the, the part about the Pope, which I haven't gotten to yet in this book, and then like was so upsetting, like just writing through that whole experience that she then put the book down for four years and didn't write, write wow. about it again. I know, I know. So, so anyway, that's a, that's a recommendation for me, a, a summary, a summary audio book. Well, it's summary. I feel I should, I feel I should mention that I am currently reading Somebody's Daughter by Ashley Ford, which is our Everything is Fine book club first selection. Yes. Um, and which is just an astonishingly good book. You know, it's, it's not always an easy read, but it is such a deeply felt and well-written book about a complicated situation. I really like it. It's really about, I mean, we're going to be talking about this a lot and I have so many thoughts on it, but it is really a balanced book, which I think when you're writing about really hard things to have that kind of balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's no, there are no villains in the story, which I think is really interesting, you know, even though that's a direction that she could have went. Anyway, well, I'm glad you're reading it. I'm really excited to talk to you about it because I, I finished it last week and I, I really love it. Um, and we're having Ashley Ford on, which will be really super cool. Yes. Yes. Which we will be at some point, um, asking for listener questions for Ashley. So just a reminder for that. Um, Do you want to get into the episode? Yes, I think we should. All right, let's get into the episode. Our guest today is Marlo Thomas. Marlo is an actress, producer, author, and social activist and philanthropist who's perhaps best known for starring on the sitcom That Girl and her beloved children's franchise, Free to Be You and Me, which many of us, including me, grew up on. Marlo's received four Emmys, a Golden Globe, and a Peabody Award for her work in TV. 
Her most recent project is co-hosting the podcast Double Date with her husband, the legendary talk show host, Phil Donahue. Their podcast was inspired by their best-selling 2020 book, What Makes a Marriage Last. On the show, Phil and Marlo interview longtime married celebrity couples in their homes, and they go on a kind of double date. Their guests have included Viola Davis and Julius Tennant, President Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, Michael J. Fox and Tracy Pollan, and my personal favorite episode, Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. Welcome, Marlo. Hi there. Hi. Thank you for that nice introduction. You're so welcome. I am obsessed with your podcast. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you. We love doing it. Those those couples, every one of those couples is so full of life and love for each other. And, and many of them are very sexy. And I, that was all very encouraging to us. It's like a good mood in a podcast. It just leaves you feeling so warm and like anything's possible. And it, it's just wonderful. Right. Yeah, I feel the same way about it. You know, we had no idea what those conversations were going to be like. You know, John McEnroe or Rob Reiner or Sting and Trudy, whoever. And it just, it was just interesting to take their journey of their love affair and their marriage and how they keep it alive and how they fight. Uh, uh, all of it. I mean, I, I love like Allie Wentworth said that her advice to her girlfriends is, have sex and plenty of it. I just thought I got such a kick out of her. She said, look, everybody's tired, but you're going to have to push it. <laughs> She's very That's cute. Great. And Alan Alda and Arlene Alda have been married, like, I don't know, what, 65 years? Just amazing, oh these marriages. And and they're alive. It's not like they're just biding time. They're really alive things. That's, that's what's exciting about it to me. You know, you think of yeah, and they seem like in like they love each yeah, other. Like yeah. there's so much love I know. in these episodes. And when you think of somebody married yeah. fifty or sixty years, and you look back at your grandparents, you know who were married like those those kind of times, I never saw them as like loving, sexy uh, mm -mm. partners. But these people are that age, and they and they are loving, sexy alive partners. now that alive that aliveness um, how how in your experience interviewing these couples do they achieve that because that's hard day in and day out i think they really wanted it you know what that's what phil and i felt after we met with several of them we said you know what you're what we're noticing is these are people who've been through a lot and no matter what they've been through they were never looking for the exit sign they were putting all their energy into each other and their marriage and so many different couples talk about that. the fact that Judy Viorst, a wonderful children's writer, said, you know, the marriage is the third living thing. There's you, there's your spouse, and then there's the marriage. And all three things need to be attended to. It's not, it's not like if you're just good to your husband and you're good to your wife. You've still got the marriage to deal with, to, to work on it, to, and to feed it. You know, a, a marriage is a living thing. It needs water. It needs nutrition. And um, so many people talked about that. And, and a lot of these people, like, for example, Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon, lost all of their savings to mm. be made off. And, and it was her wow. stepfather who brought them into it. There, there was no blame. They, they said to each other, it was stupid of us. We're actors. We don't know anything about money. 
we shouldn't have done it. We've learned our lesson. We won't do that again. But they, you know, but they saved the marriage. They didn't blame each other. They didn't take it out, um, and they didn't run for the exit sign. And that's true whether it's infidelity, as Jesse Jackson had with his wife, where he had a child outside of their marriage. I mean, imagine mm. that. And I said to her, "Wow, did you throw him out?" She said, "Yes, I." but he came back and then she said this marriage is a testament to my character which I thought was so interesting really yeah you know what an interesting thing to say and Michael Fox and Tracy Palmer were a terrific marriage and they married over three years but when they were married three years only three years with a little baby he came home and told her that he had a diagnosis of Parkinson's that would last a lifetime the rest of their lives and and she didn't run away, and he didn't run away. You know, they, they, these couples all did not look for the exit sign. And a lot of marriages bend and fall apart because things become too tough for people. You know, uh, David Boyce and his wife, he, uh, not her, her, from a previous marriage, uh, he had several, six children, and two of his children died. Something to do with the heart, and one with lung cancer. That's a huge thing for a second wife, you know, to deal with, with this, with her man she loves and how they got through it, you know, with love and understanding. And, you know, that could have also busted up marriage. It often does bust up marriages. So money, sex, the loss of children, um, infidelity and, and drug abuse, Jimmy Lee Curtis. You know, her husband, Christopher Guest, didn't know she was a drug addict. She hid it from him. You know, I mean, he did notice that she was drinking a lot, but he could have run away. A lot of people do. They can't tolerate that. And, you know, she finally got through it and she's no longer on drugs, of course. But these are all challenges that some couples just, it just breaks some couples Mm -hmm. in half. But if you have a will the will you know that says i want this marriage i, I want to keep it healthy I'll, I'll go to marriage counseling as brian cranston and his wife robin did it neil patrick harris and david burka they go to marriage counseling a lot of the couples go to marriage counseling uh regularly um uh, again because they're invested in that marriage they want that marriage to last uh i love what viola davis said she said, your marriage doesn't start the day you walk down the aisle. Your marriage starts when you're sitting across from your spouse and you realize there's something about him that will just drive you crazy and you cannot stand it. And then she says, and then you say, oh, yes, I can. I love him and I just have to deal with this. She says, that's when marriage really starts. And that's about accommodation. That's a word that I've never used before I started working on this. But... Um, that's something that Phil and I noticed. That people learn to accommodate each other's differences rather than having to annoy you or trying to get them to change it. Um, that's a very big thing. And and uh, John McEnroe and his wife, I, I love them as a couple. She's just so hilarious, Patty Smythe. The two of them are kind of bicker a lot, but in the best way, funny way. And she uh, she said about arguing, she said, look, I decided a long time ago, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? I want to be happy. Right. So I'm not going to fight until I 
until he admits that I'm right or whatever. I, I want to be happy. And that's a wonderful uh, thought. I've thought about that a lot. You know, when I'm up to say to Phil, what are you doing that for? Why would I think to myself, do I want to be right? Or do I want to be happy? I want to be happy. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring this up. It's not necessary. There's so many arguments that people have as a couple that are completely unnecessary. You know, uh, James Carville said, he said, I, I, to me, the secret of marriage is to kick that can down the road. Mm-hmm. He said, there are so many arguments that you go around and around in a circle. You say to your spouse, you said you'd do it. No, you said you would, but you said, I, but I couldn't, but you said you would, blah, 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 blah. Go around and around and it accelerates until finally it's a fight, you know. At some point, you have to just say, kick that can down the road. It's just not worth it. And he said, in good marriages, there's a whole lot of cans down the road somewhere. Or you just let it go. Right. You know, this this, this right. constant power struggle, this need to be right, this need to show him or her whatever. It's 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 a waste of your life. It really is. As you look, we've been married 41 years. Other than our arguments over... Uh, when we were living in two different cities, which was really hard, a commuter marriage the first couple of years was very hard. But other than that, I don't, I can't remember one argument. I don't even know what the heck we ever fought. Wow. But I remember fighting about, about why can't you come a day early? Why can't you leave a day later? You know, all that, wanting to be together and fighting about it. But other than that, I don't remember. Whatever thing we bickered about, you said you'd make the reservation, or you said you would go to the bank, you know, all that stuff. Right. It's just now, baloney. how do you and Phil handle it when you come up against a problem or a struggle? Well, you know, we, we've got it, you know. We, we, if we have a fight, we usually go our separate corners for a while, and then one of us will come into the other person's space, wherever we are, and say, okay, let's talk about this. Or we'll say, oh, the hell with this. It's not important. I'm sorry I even brought it up. It, you know, it depends. We've been married 41 years. So, you know, we weren't like that the first five years of our marriage. But as time goes on, you just realize it isn't worth it. It doesn't get you anything. Nothing. You know, one of the biggest fights we used to have was that I take a lot of baggage when we go away. And Phil just drives Phil crazy. I mean, he, he doesn't want to check a bag. To him... The beauty of travel is not check a bag. Well, I mean, that's impossible. I take six pairs of shoes for two days, so that's impossible. So uh, so we had to have terrible fights. He'd fight with me the minute we left the apartment. we get in the cab to go to the airport. He'd say to the cab driver, can you imagine how much she's taking? We're only going there for four days. And then we get to the airport, and he'd say to the baggage guy, look at all these bags. We're going away for four days. Like the baggage guy didn't care, right? And... So finally, I didn't realize it, uh, but he stopped doing it. I don't know if it was 10 years or 20 years or when it was. And I said to him one day, I just realized you don't nag me about my suitcases anymore. He said, oh, I gave up. He said, I, I knew I, it was a losing battle and my mother's going to get myself an ulster over it. So you, you grow up. You know, he didn't. He, he said, I said, you thought that you would change me. He said, yeah, I thought I would break you if that happened. Well, you're not going to break it. <laughs> That's the thing. Don't try to break right. it. Don't try to break anybody. It feels like radical acceptance is a very important ability 
if you're in a marriage. I don't know what you mean by radical acceptance. It's just a way of saying really accepting the things you hate accepting. Um, or that at least you're not inclined to accept about the other person. Yeah, and it depends on what it is. I mean, if it's about somebody's luggage, but I mean, if it's somebody lies or does something that that you can't trust them, you know, you don't have to accept oh, of that. Course, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting uh, meeting with uh, Ted Danson and St- uh, Mary Steenberg. They've been married about 30 years. This is his third marriage, or second. And I said to him, jeepers, creepers, three marriages. How did you have the optimism or the confidence to think that this marriage would be any different? He said, well, I knew I had to stop the lying. Mm. I said, what did you lie about? He said, I lied about everything. He said, well, I cheated on the women in my life. He said, but that wasn't the biggest thing. The biggest thing is, is that I lied about who I was. I wanted to be better than I was. I I wanted to be this guy who came in on the white horse and could solve every problem, who had no problems of his own and was just on top of it. So I would have like a terrible day at work. I would feel rejected. I would feel I was getting old. Things would be bothering me. I have a big disappointment. But when I walked through that door, I was Mr. Jolly, Mr. Cheerful. He said, so the person I was with didn't know who the hell I was. They, I never made myself vulnerable for them. They never got to really know me. And um, so my relationships couldn't be very strong because there wasn't a whole person in the room. He said, when I met Mary and I started doing that dance, I could tell she didn't buy it. And it, it changed, you know, who I was. That's very interesting. And I think a lot of people do that. I do that to some extent, you know. I want, I don't want anybody to be burdened with my problem or whatever. And so keep it to myself uh, or have kept it to myself, but not in my marriage. You know, Phil is a very open ear and a good show, shoulder. So I, I, I'm able to tell him, you know, what bothers me. You know, I remember watching when you were on the Phil Donahue show the day that you met and you said to him, you're, I think you said something like your wife is a very lucky woman. And he said, I said, whoever is the woman in your life is very lucky. Ah. I knew he wasn't married. <laughs> That's great. No, I love that. It was such a great moment. I know. And now let's take a quick break for some ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. You were really anti-marriage, or not anti, but maybe ambivalent for a long time. I mean, you didn't get married until you were in your 40s. Is that right? What? Well, I was 42. Oh, 42. I also have to point out that Marlo made a big fuss at the about the conclusion of that girl, that Marlo's character, Anne-Marie, not get married, that that not be the finale. And right. you got your way. Yeah. Well, I was the producer, so. But the thing is, well, I didn't want her to get married uh, they wanted the show to end with a big wedding, you know, it's a big rating getter. And so the, the producers, other producers and the network and Claire Law, my sponsor, everybody wanted a wedding. And I said, we can't have a wedding. I mean, this has been about an independent girl who doesn't want to get married, who wants a career, wants to find out who she is. I said, if we have a wedding at the end, it'd be a big cop out. It would be a betrayal to all these little girls and middle-aged girls and grown-up women, it'll, it, it will be a betrayal of, of how they follow the story, that the only happy ending is the wedding. I said, I, 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 just, I won't do it. And boy, the mail we got on that about the fact that thanks for not copping out, that was so great. I mean, they really, really loved it. I mean, the last show, I was taking Donald to a women's lib meeting. That was the last so show. So great. The... Um, but as far as my feeling, I was against marriage pretty solidly. I didn't get married till I was 42. So that was all my 20s and 30s where everybody was getting married and then divorced and then remarried and having a kid from this guy and this guy. And I thought, what a mess. I don't want any part of that. Um, I also thought that marriage was not a roomy enough place for two whole people. That marriage was a place for one and a half persons was my theory. The one person, either male or female, was sort of the one that had the dream and was getting following that dream. And the other person was 
either their manager or their quiet spouse or their, I don't know, whatever. But it wasn't two whole people as Phil and I are. I mean, when I met Phil, he had a gigantic career, as did I. And we met head on two very type A personalities. And there was a lot of fire you know, about, oh, I want to do this. When I'm going to get here, you can't go there. I mean, you know, a lot of that stuff. But we got through it. We, we really did. I think if we hadn't been so sexually attracted to each other and really admired each other and, and loved each other, we probably would have gone our separate ways. If one of us, If one of us cared less, we would have broken up. But that's the other secret of these marriages. Both people equally want it to work. And I know you know, as I do, there are many relationships in which one person is dragging the other person along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One person is doing all the tap dancing and the other one is just, you know, happy to be there, but not contributing. And that also, those marriages don't last. How did you choose these guests? Because their stories are, I mean, they're all so different. They're so compelling. I, I just, I, I feel like you got lucky in a way, but you had, there had to have been some intentionality in who you chose to interview. Well, um, we, you know, we knew that we wanted to have different kinds of people. Like we wanted David Boyce, who's a great lawyer, John McEnroe, who's an athlete, and, uh, and you know we were looking for people that were married over 25 years. Okay. And and famous people, people of note, uh, and narrowed it down. I mean, there aren't a lot of people that are famous that are married more than 25 years. Um, the couple I wanted that I didn't get were the first people that I asked was Michelle and Barack Obama. I love their marriage. I very I admire it so much. They're, you know, they're two very strong people. And uh, they admire each other as much as they're they're sexy and they're loving and caring, but they admire each other. That's admiration for the other person, I think, is also uh, a lot uh, that, that keeps a marriage strong. I remember talking to Billy and Janice Crystal, um, and he was talking about how much he admired the way she kept family together. She kept them all together. And he was working on the road and traveling. And she made sure that the family, you know, was with him. That they did it all together. There was an admiration in his voice as he spoke of that. And that's a, a lot uh, of, I think, an, another ingredient in the secret sauce of a successful marriage. What do you think some of the most common mistakes couples make are? Well, I, I think the big one is trying to change the other one. It's thinking, okay, you've married this guy or this woman, and they're a diamond in the rough. Uh, what's her name? Uh, John McEnroe's wife, Patty Smythe, said, don't marry potential. She said, I'm so sick of women saying he has so much potential. She said, that's complete baloney. There is no such thing as potential. You're marrying this person. And that's what mm-hmm. you got. If that's not good enough, then move on. But there's, they're not potential. And I've heard that a lot, too. I've heard women say that. He's got a lot of potential. Forget it. Move on. Uh, you, you, know, you think you're going to shape it here, and he's going to be more of this and more of that. And he's not. 
not going to be more of those things. It's going to be just who he is right now. Now, you learn as you grow older, certainly, you know, you round out some edges or you, you're not as argumentative and you realize that you'd rather be happy than right and all that. But that's different than the core person. You know, what I fell in love with, with Phil, is he's a decent man. He's a good and decent man, like my dad. He's good and decent. I knew I could trust him. That had a lot to do, even though he was sexy as hell and all that, which was what attracted me. But as it went on, the person, that, that human being whose values I align my values, you know, I often say that if you can define certain words the same, like what's acceptable and not acceptable, what's fair and unfair, what's good, what's bad. Those words are big in a marriage. If you say to your spouse, that's not acceptable, and the spouse thinks it is, you're in trouble. If you don't think, well, well what, you know, what, I've had my friend say to me, he said to me, well, what's so unfair about that? I don't think that's unfair. You know, and if you're feeling that you've been treated unfairly, you have nowhere to go but out. Right. Nowhere to go but right to the exit sign. Right. I um I, I think about this a lot as, you know, getting into middle age, I, I wonder how you think about couples aging together, you know, getting older in a partnership and all that, all the changes that that can bring. How do you feel like about that as a challenge in a marriage? Um, I don't know that that's such a big challenge. I mean, you, Phil and I are two years apart, so we're growing older together at the same time. Right. Maybe if I, maybe if we were 25 years apart or something like some people are, but you know we're kind of growing uh, hand in hand. So I I don't see anything anything profound about growing older as a couple, other than the fact that you get smarter about not bringing up something. You know, about to say something and you think to yourself, what is that going to get me? Right. What what, what what am I going to get from telling him that I don't like what he said yesterday or I don't, don't you know, what do I get for that? Is it something that I really need? Uh, is it something that's going to really come to a happy ending? What, what, what am I going to get for it? And then I just said, you know what? It's not worth it. Right. It's not worth it. That's interesting. As again, unless it hurt you, you know what I mean? These are all variations on the theme. If Phil said something to me that hurt my feelings, yeah, I would certainly say something. But if he said something that I just thought was asinine, let it go. Just let it go. Right. Yeah, I'm not his mother, you know? Right. I don't have to trick. I don't have to raise him. Um, and, and he's told me the same thing, you know, about certain things he'll say. I'll, something will come up and, and he'll say, yeah, that's kind of what I thought a couple of weeks ago. I said, well, why didn't you tell me? He said, I don't know. I thought, is it really worth to rain on her parade right now? What's, what's the point? You know, that, that's a sensitivity that comes with confidence. You're more confident in yourself. You're more confident in the fact that this marriage is good and you don't want to screw it up. Uh, and you don't want to not screw it up, but you don't want to screw up the day, you know, make an unhappy day. Who needs it? Mm -hmm. So you, those are, those are mature 
decisions. When you're younger, you want to win. You want to, you know, you want to win the fight. You want to show him you were right. You know, I won that battle. As you get older, like, it's so stupid. It's just stupid, you know. But it takes, it takes some years together to get to that. Now, I want to change direction a little because we can't let you go without discussing Free to Be You and Me, which was <laughs> hugely important in my childhood and the childhood of everyone I grew up with. And I was bragging to a friend that we had you on the podcast, and she said, I, I play it for my five-year-old all the time. Oh, I Did love you that. Have an, I love isn't it. Isn't it wonderful? That. Yeah, that people are passing it on to their children now. That means the world to me. Did really. you have any idea yeah. at the time that it would have had such an impact? Well, I knew that it was daring, but you never know whether something is going to have the impact. And I certainly could not have imagined the kind of impact of 50 years later. I mean, we uh, anniversary of 50 years is in 2022. BAM is doing a big uh, production of it. The Minneapolis Children's Theater is doing a, a new show that could go around the country in schools. And uh, I'm working on a new album. Oh, wow. I mean, who would have thought 50 years later? Oh, and Liz Garvis is doing a documentary about it. So great. All for the 50th anniversary. I, I, it's shocking, really. And I, so I never could have imagined that. But like that girl, I knew that that girl was very daring. I mean, it was very hard to get it on air. People didn't think anybody would care about a girl who didn't live with a family and who was in show business and didn't want to marry. You know, they didn't think that would uh, go over. So I knew that was daring. And, and of course, it was a big hit the first night. Free to be you and me, I knew it was daring because we were talking about, you know, that it's all right to cry for boys and boys can have a doll and and uh harry alfonte and i are wheeling baby buggies down the avenue i mean there was so much uh, you know new material and, and new um i should say themes and the scope of themes it was the first anti-sexist anti-racist entertainment for children that had any ever been created for that purpose um so i think you know, that I knew that Free to Be was daring. Too. I think it would be daring I, if it came out today, frankly. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's true. It needs it more today, mm -hmm. too, that the world is in such a mess that uh, it really does need it. But so that's why doing a new album is very exciting. And to start, you know, one of my favorite things that I want to find a way to either do a comedy or a song about is is lying and honesty. I mean, imagine as kids, you're hearing the word lie all the time. The president is a liar. His, this other senator is a liar. The big lie is talked about. I mean, how do you, how are you a little kid growing up wondering what, you know, lying and liar. I mean, I, we never heard that growing up. So honesty, you know, the only thing we ever heard about honesty is that, that George Washington chopped down that tree, remember? Right. That was the one thing we knew about honesty. Um, and honest Abe Lincoln. But we really didn't talk about lying. You just knew you didn't lie. I mean, you, you know, 
you lied to your mom or dad, you'd be in trouble. Um, but but it wasn't a national comment. You know, you can't turn on the news without hearing the word lie. It's really interesting. Totally. And, you know, it, it occurs to me that you have so many projects going. Like, you're really busy. What's your secret for remaining so productive? I don't really know, to tell you the truth. I'm just, um, I'm just curious and I'm a very, I'm a very creative person. And so I like, I can't help but think, oh, that would be great to do that. Or that would be great. I don't know. It just, it just comes as something to do. I'm not a, I'm not a person who can garden, you know? I mean, I have girlfriends who are very productive in their business life. But they're sort of semi-retired and they garden and things. And and I, I envy that. I, I wish I wanted to go out and garden. I, I don't want to. I mean, I buy flowers at the market. Right. That's what I do. But I don't really want to garden. But so my garden really is in my head thinking it would be fun to do this. It would be fun to do that. So that's kind of the way, you know, I've always got a little something cooking in my head seems like one trick. I know my 84-year-old mother says the trick for her is that she's always remained very curious. Right. And I think that seems like a... It seems like that's the case for you, too. I mean, and also we're very lucky that you're so productive because your your work is continuously great and inspiring. So... Oh, thank you. You're welcome. You. Yeah, I think curiosity is a good one. And also just productivity. You know, I mean, what do you want to do with your day? I mean, I love to go to the beach. I love it. I mean, I can be a beach bum for a couple of weeks. But okay, great. But when that's over, I don't want to be a beach bum every day. But I do want to be a, I'm a California girl. I want to not have on a bra, not wear any shoes, and run around in the sand and swim and like hmm. that. Um, but when those two weeks are over, I want to get back to thinking about something else to produce, something else to to that's productive, that, that I enjoy. I like to see something, you know, it's like if you paint a door red, when you get all done painting it, you step back and you say, wow, I painted that door red. That's how I feel about projects. You see it, you think of it, you buy the paint, you make it happen. It's a record, it's a book, it's a television show. It's a William Sonoma, I have this William Sonoma entertainment line. Um, that I love doing and the podcast or whatever it's, you think of it, then you put it together and find the right people to do it with. And, and then, and then you make it, you painted it or red, you can see it. And what's been fun about the podcast and the book is working with Phil. We never worked together before. We were always kind of afraid to, especially in the early years, everybody wanted us to do things together. And we both thought we'd just kill each other if we worked together because we're both bossy and we're both used to getting our own way and we're both ran our own shows. So we thought, you know, it's not going to work. So we never did. We just never thought about it. And then when we've been married, our 39th wedding anniversary, we're talking about what to do for our 40th. We said, wow, we're going to be married 40 years. Should we take a cruise? Should we give a big party? And so I started talking about the fact that have always asked us what made our marriage work and what's our secret sauce 
And we always said, we don't know. We love each other. We're sexually attracted to each other. We like each other. We have fun together. We're good traveling companions. We love to travel. I don't really know. And so I said, if, what if we went out and asked a lot of other people? Because Phil always said that the way you understand that the truth in the news is to read a lot of different kinds of publications. And that somewhere in the middle of all of that will be the truth about the news. And I said to him, using that analogy that you always talk about with the news, maybe that's how we could find out the truth about what makes a marriage last is if we talk to a lot of happily married people. And and so we did. And so the things that I've told you are, are you know, what we've learned. Well, we love the podcast and we love you for coming on our podcast. And I'm wondering, aside from the pod, your podcast, is there are there other ways that people can find you? Are you on social media at all? Uh-huh. I, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Great. Uh-huh. And what is your handle? <laughs> we, can, we, we can find we'll that add it, We'll add it in the show notes. It's fine. I'm terrible. At this Don't stuff. worry. Really well, thank you so much for doing this. We have so enjoyed talking to you. It's been a real honor and a thank privilege. Thank you. Well, you've been darling. I've enjoyed talking to you too. Thank you, Milo. Have a good Great. summer. Great. You too. Thank you, sweetie. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Everything Is Fine. We are your host. I'm Jen Romolini, and I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on all of the platforms. If you don't, please don't. Uh, you can find <laughs> you can find bonus material for the show on the show's Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We're also on Instagram at EIF Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. If you want to email us, you can email us at everything is fine the podcast at Gmail. And you can find Kim on her blog girlsofacertainage.com Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 